yes, we're back where I'm supposed to be, and I've got the autofocus on my camera, so it'll hopefully not uh, be blurry, but we're here. We're back at the podcast studio in Falls Church, Virginia. Now, Kim, I'm not going to give the address, but here we are. Let's Let's do the dates. February 23rd, I'm headlining at Room 808 in Washington, D.C. for two shows. That's right, two shows I'm closing out. February 24th, I'm headlining in Lorton, Virginia at Fairwinds Brewing. Going to be an amazing, wonderful show. Got some of my buddies on that. Uh, March 1st is the Don't Tell Comedy taping in New York City. Hopefully it's sold out and you can't buy tickets. Um, February, uh, sorry, March 2nd, uh, the day after that, I'm back headlining at Hotbed Comedy Club, two shows, and then I'm going to be on the 1130 show, Bombing. And then March 8th to the 10th, I'm at the DC Improv. The 8th and 9th, I've got four shows with Jamie Lee. And then the 8th to the 10th, it's five shows in the lounge. Uh, I'm popping back and forth. I'll have merch. Come buy my shirts. They're good. Buy them. Okay, awesome. Oh, good timing. Uh, that's exciting. That's right. We're back. Welcome to Dog Name Podcast. I'm Winston Hodges. I'm your host. I'm your host with the most dog name. I have a very dog name. Um, but let's, let's go because I don't want to, you know... Oh my God! I forgot to press start, which means this episode is going to be a minute longer than I want it to be, because um, I don't want it to be long. All right, let's just let's hop into it. Okay, I posted a clip. Um, I reposted a clip because I had a clip on Instagram. Do about two point six million on Insta um, about a year ago. Um, it got me a bunch of followers, uh, and had like, I had a nice little, had the ball rolling, then I got shadow banned, and then I finally got the audio, uh, mixed from the night that I recorded the clip on, and so I re-edited it, reposted it, and it's been doing well again, where it's like not quite as good as like a quarter of a million on Insta, but doing way better on TikTok, like three quarters of a million, um, and I'm seeing growth, and it's the first time I've seen growth in like eight months, so it feels really good, I'm feeling very excited about that, uh, but the same thing happened when I posted this clip that happened last time, all right, so in the clip, um, you can go check it out, basically, I'm doing an all crowd work show, I think at one point in the show, I'm just talking to this lady, and then I ask her, and, I, and I've been making fun of people all night, it's a crowd work show, I'm not a mean crowd work comic, but we're just, I'm busting balls all night long, teasing people, and she goes, um, I asked her what she did for a living, and basically she said she works in DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? She said, and I bet you can't make fun of that, because at this point of the show, um, I kind you know, I, like, I'm, I think they kind of know my politics in the show, so I think she was going more the route of like, oh, I do, you know, this is a good person job, I bet you can't say anything about that that doesn't, basically I think she's trying to say like, oh, there's nothing you can say about this that won't make you come across as a racist, and, um, and, I, and you know, I have a response that murders in the room, it does well, and I post that, and then every right-wing troll on earth has hopped onto that clip, man. It's a mix of right-wing trolls and annoying left-wing people. And uh, I've tried to respond to some of them, but I don't really know what to say. The, the lady after the show is very nice. She's so kind. We talked afterwards. She, she, she thought the joke was funny. She's, everyone in that room was... Here, here's what's frustrating. is Everyone at a comedy show, it doesn't matter what happens, it's always different when it's in the room, right? Like in that room that night, everybody was on board. Right-wing, left-wing... Uh, liberal, conservative, uh, progressive, alt-right, everybody in that room that night was on board. It was about, uh, I think, 60 to 80 people. Everyone's having a blast, killing. I'm making fun of everybody because that's what I do in my act. Um, but then you take that clip, 
out of the context, and they're calling this woman horrible names. Like someone said she's like human cancer, horrible, tar- truly horrifying thing uh, to read. Uh, 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 you know, other ones are a little bit more. Uh, there's a there's there's some people where just they'll they'll an- anti semites are usually just in anything that they can do to call someone a Jew. Uh, they do that. Uh, so that's been happening a little bit on it. So I've been trying to like you know those actual racist comments to get them deleted and get them you know whatever because it's like that's not uh, cool. But also like it's thousands of comments and it's crazy man people that weren't at that show see this they can't just laugh at the joke uh or they can't even like even if they just wanted to come in and kind of disagree politely they're saying horrible things about this woman so that's why i just want to kind of get the record straight on who i am um uh because some of the people that were sharing it and like i think they tried to speak for me in the comment section and i wasn't about to just get into a comment flame war but i've got a podcast so that's what i would say before um so let's just break down who I am politically so you kind of can know when you listen to this podcast the type of dude you're listening to. Um, raised very conservative, was super Republican uh, until college, honestly. Uh, I, like, I have a distinct memory of like we had a uh, political debate uh, in school like when George Bush ran the second time. Uh, I was 14. I debated a senior who was taking the Democrat side, and I destroyed that person in the debate. So it's like I, I just kill, killed it, got like a standing ovation or whatever. So very right wing, that's where my politics were at. Go to college, uh, get more libertarian, um, definitely get super into Ron Paul. Uh, I was a big Ron Paul guy. Uh, and then towards the end of college, um, start to move a little bit more left. And then I got into comedy and started to do more research. And then, yeah, I'm pretty far left now. Uh, I'm not a communist. Uh, I'm not a socialist. I believe in socialized systems. Uh, I do think that in America, you should have universal health care. I think we should have a universal basic income. And uh, I feel like we should at some point, there, there should be something going on with the homeless situation, like whether it's universal housing or just a system set up that uh, takes care of people. Because it's crazy that we have veterans that come back from wars that we send them to fight. And uh, then they come back and people don't give a shit about them. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at politically uh, now. Uh, but uh, I think people on the left are annoying as hell and annoying as shit. I don't agree with all left-wing positions. And um, my family is still really right-wing. I love my family. I don't think they're stupid for believing what they believe. Um, uh, like, as I know my family's not dumb. And I love talking politics with them. I love talking politics with my mom and, and everyone like that. Um, so just know when you come into my comment sections and you're uh, saying shit like everyone that votes uh, Republican is stupid or they're idiots, I don't, that doesn't fly with me because you're not going to call my family dumb. You're not going to be able to say sly shit about my family. And then on the other hand, if you're an alt-right uh, crazy Nazi person, uh, I don't agree with you. Uh, I don't have issues with diversity uh, at all. I think it's pretty sick and it's really important um, across the board. Do some of the people that try to institute it, are they really annoying? Uh, are they horrible at comedy shows? Yes, but that's not what this lady was. Uh, sorry to come off so hot. It's like the least funny uh, uh, thing of all time. And look at me, I've already moved, I've moved the camera. I got so heated. Uh, this is like the least funny thing, but it's like, dude, it's nuts, man. I can't I can't take it anymore. It's uh, I'm a, I'm a left-wing... Uh, dude, I, I believe in some social programs, but I'm uh, definitely pro-capitalist uh, and definitely... Uh, a Second Amendment person, even if I do think we have gun control issues in this country and we should do something about it. So that's where I'm at. So come at me and my nuanced opinions uh, if you if you want to. But get the hell off my Instagram with your crazy comments. I don't agree with you guys. Yeah, I'm hot. I've made me, I'm, yeah, I was so mad. I've been mad about that. Literally. And it's also crazy because it's like I'm mad about it. 
but then also like the only reason those clips are popping off is because you insane people are in there commenting so don't stop just know that just know that i don't agree with you but thank you for helping my <laughs> helping my video uh that's the catch 22 with social media man Either, you know you need people f freaking out on people to really like have a clip pop off so but yeah but that's just kind of where i'm at man left wing dude uh, with the right wing background, um, definitely have some issues that cross over on uh, both both sides, and I'm not going to go issue by issue with you guys. Um, but if you watch, I think if you watch my comedy, um, I do a really good job of making fun of both sides, and I think my jokes across the board. Um, if I make a Republican joke and you're a Republican and you're offended by it, um, you are dumb. Uh, like that's I don't think you're dumb for voting for who you voted for, but I do think you're dumb for being offended by that joke. And same thing with the left-wing stuff, man. I think it's pretty evidently clear where I'm coming from with my stuff. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. So that's like, uh, you know, I'm trying to have more better energy about this stuff, but I've been pretty, uh, yeah, it's pretty heated about it because uh, you guys are you guys are wild in, man. But I can't lie, man. I'm addicted. I'm a, I'm addicted to the likes. I'm addicted to the likes. I'm addicted to the comments. I can't stop checking my phone. It's like heroin being injected directly into my brain. I can't stop. I cannot. I can't stop looking. I can't do it. I have to close this because I keep looking at the screen and it's like off center. And I want to look at the camera. I want to look at you guys. I want to look you guys in the heart. There we go. But yeah, I just can't. I'm addicted to the likes and the clicks, man. I just love them so much. I just was, dude. Literally, when I go to bed, I'm thinking about, man, I wonder how many comments and followers I'm gonna have. And it's an illness. That's a mental illness. That's a sickness. I need to. I need to work on. Um, but like, just going to bed, like, like last night, I went to bed and I woke up and I had a hundred new followers, and I was like, oh my god, a hundred. Oh, and it was just like mainlining crack into my body. I just loved it. I loved it so much. It was such a fun, such a fun feeling. And, you know, because that's, it's, you know, this thing's a career, right? And you're trying to make your career pop off any way that you can. Uh, but I don't, I don't like how addicted I am to social media. I would really like to get to a point in my career where I don't, you know, I have a social media manager and they post all the clips and they do all the stuff and I don't have to look at anything. It's uh I'm so ready for a, a break in my career. I need to catch a break. I got the don't tell thing coming up. I think that's going to be dope. I think that's going to be helpful. But it's like, man, I would love some sort of representation so I don't have to send any more cold emails. If I send another cold email that doesn't get responded to, I'm, 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 I almost said a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> I almost said I was going to shoot up a school. <laughs> and you can't, you can't say that. Uh, it's really bad. That's a bad one. Uh, I'm going to not do that. Uh, but you know, it makes you want to, you know, drive a car into a cold stone. And I think I could say that. I think, I think I could say that. I think I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. Every time, every time I send an email and they leave me on red, I think about taking, uh, my Ford escape and driving head first into a cold stone cream ring yelling, gotta have it. <laughs> yes. All right. The podcast is funny again. If you made it to the political part, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I had to do that. I just um, I just want some basic dignity and respect for people while we're shitting on them on the internet. You know what I mean? I think that's fair. And yes, did I, that lady was very sweet. Yes, did my joke own her? Yes, it did own her. She got owned. But I didn't own a lib because I'm also kind of a lib. So, you know, perspective, folks. I should have cleaned this off. I also just, 
I stepped in dog shit right before I came here, and I'm very angry, um, because it's, it's, it's what separates us from the animals, right? I think that is, like, it's, that, that is baseline. People always say that, like, that when they're like, oh, it separates us, but it truly does. We're the only ones that clean up shit, and, and I walk out of my apartment to run here to do this and step in shit, don't know I do it, drive all the way here, and step out of the car and notice that, oh, there's a big lump on the bottom of my foot, just shit everywhere, and it's like, great, now I have to clean shit out of my car as well. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now. It's got me coming in extra, extra, extra hot. Um, but yeah, all the shit, buddy. Just a real, I uh, I cleaned it off, used a lot of pa- series of paper towels, uh, Dawn dishwashing detergent, not, not a sponsor, um, and then a plastic fork that I broke the little tongs off on, the little tines, I think it's tines? What do you, I don't know what you call the little points on the, broke those off and then dug uh, doo-doo um, out of the crevices of my Reebok pumps. So, uh, and I like these shoes, so it's uh, it's very frustrating to have that much poop on it. Um, also, uh, I got two weird compliments this week. Uh, I don't know how to feel about them. Uh, one uh happened after the show tonight um i was at metro bar in in dc and i headlined uh a show um which was very fun uh it's it's a very fun show their logo their their the flyer for the show was like a comedy show uh with a dude doing stand-up and an arrow pointing to him and it says headliner and then my name uh, but it's like a cartoon drawing, and the cartoon person that they drew the line to was a black person. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so I headlined uh, a show during Black History Month, um, where on the flyer it's a black dude and it says headliner pointing at the cartoon black person, uh, Winston Hodges. So people were shocked a little bit, uh, but they rocked with me. We had a we had a really good time. Uh, uh, but after the show, I was talking to a few people, uh, sold a little merch, it was very fun, and then someone comes up and was like, hey, I have to ask you something, Have you? what celebrity have people thought you look like? Now, I don't get a ton of celebrities, I've gotten, uh, there's a few comics I've been, where people have been like, you remind me of this comic, and then they say that, and it's, I think it's purely how I look, and it's got nothing to do with, uh, like the 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 people that I have been compared to comedically, I my comedy is not like at all. Um, so I think it's just a I take it as a compliment because I take it to mean someone is just like, oh, I like this other comic, I also like Winston, so Winston is like this person. But as far as celebrities, I actually look like, uh, and her friend is like, I don't think you're gonna like this one. So I'm prepping myself for something rude, and uh, she goes, you look like a more confident. And sophisticated bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. That is what was said to me. And uh, she said, "Yeah." She's like, "If he had confidence, and she said, if, and he got away from his two friends that drag him down because he's so you're just so smart and you're so funny." And I'm like, "Okay," but that's like a like I I, I haven't seen Trailer Park Boys in a long time, but they're I I I know that. That that's not a compliment. <laughs> like I'm well aware, and I know it's the glasses. I got big. I got big glasses. All right, I got glasses. That I'm I'm very far sighted, so my eyes get magnified with the glasses on. I do understand this. Um, and I looked at a picture of Bubbles. Um, he has Coke bottle glasses. I do not have those. Okay, I pay a lot of money for them to 
take the very thick lenses that I should be wearing and get them as thin as humanly possible. Are they thin? No. But they're thinner than bubbles. But that's fine. She meant it very nicely. She kept saying you're like a confident, sophisticated, cuter version. I'm like, okay, that's just... You just wanted to say I look like this. Uh, I I think he's mentally disabled. I don't know what he is in the show. I ha I haven't seen Trailer Park Boys in a long time. Not a smart guy that has a speech impediment. Like he sounds like an idiot when he talks, but he's a he's a he's a character. Like he's a character. He's a he's a comedy character. You you look like him. You remind me of him. Now that's fine. That's one. So I got that this week, uh, and then um, I did some shows Friday night uh, at Hotbed Comedy Club working and opening up for Michael Che um, from Saturday Night Live. And I had someone after this, uh, the first show um, come up and just really like my comedy. Uh, and their compliment was they're like they're like you're like a hot Hank Hill. <laughs> so I got that. I don't know how to feel about uh, I don't know how to feel about either of those. Uh, very funny, both of those very like very funny characters, but not characters you want to hook up. With. You know what I mean? Like not a character that's like big. But I took she's like she's like you're like, you're like a hot sexy Hank Hill, and I was like okay, that's very nice of you. I'll take that compliment. But it's like I don't. I don't know what I'm doing, um, but I hope that doesn't catch on because um, uh, I do not want to see that commented a ton. Uh, I will say this, though. If people start commenting Hot Hank Hill underneath my videos. Um, I'm okay with that because it means you've listened to the podcast. So <laughs> if you listen, you have permission to call me a Hot Hank Hill or sexy bubble. <laughs> I'll allow those two things. Yeah, anything that's got the... It's always funny because it's most of the... I think most of the times I get compliments, it's always you're a... Insert positive adjective, adjective version of an ugly person. <laughs> it's like, you're a sexy turd. Uh, you're like the hottest piece of poop that has ever lived. <laughs> very dumb. Very dumb they had to do that. Um... Yeah, working with Michael Che, that was very fun. Uh, it, was a good, it was a good time. I did his audio recording and also got to do opening spots for him one night. I'm opening for him again, or doing one of the opening spots for him uh, uh, Monday night, President's Day, which is tonight. Um, I say tonight because that's when this is going to this is gonna air. I got to check that again. I keep, like, kicking this damn uh, thing, and I feel bad about it. Um, but, but, yeah, so that'll be fun. Tickets completely sold out. Um, but I think it's going to be a good time. I'm really, I'm really excited to work with him. Um, again, haven't met him at all. He's, uh, um, he's hanging out in the green room. I'm not going in the green room cause I'm not trying to bother this guy. Um, I'm more excited about just, it's a nice credit and I'm right now I'm collecting credits. I got the don't tell thing coming up. That's a I'm, co I'm collecting it. Like it's a, just trying to catch them all. You know what I mean? Just trying to get all these infinity stones for my gauntlet. And it's going to be, don't tell Michael Che. I've worked with some other cool people. Um, but yeah, just trying to take that next step. Uh, it's been pretty cool because he's going up and he's working on this whole new hour. And I'm not going to say any of the stuff that's in his hour uh, that he's working on. Um, but it is, it is interesting because there is one premise that he did that is very similar to a thing that I did like a few years ago that I wrote and tried and stuff and I couldn't make work in my act. And um, uh, peel back the you know the curtain a little bit. Uh, that's a thing that happens. That's just a thing that happens in comedy where it's like you will be working on a joke or you'll have a premise, and then a much more famous slash much more skilled, much more experienced um, comic will also start doing it. Un like and you and you've never seen each other do stuff. So it's like I know. 
This isn't an oh comics. This is a they call it parallel thinking, but it's just a thing that inherently happens. And I used to think it sucked. I used to be like, because I've had like a couple bits where I um and and I saw like Bill Burr do something once that was really similar to a bit I was working on when I started. And by really similar, I mean like it's the premise. I could not construct it the way that he did it at that point in my life. Um, the thing with Che is just like the premise is very similar, but I'm not going to – I was thinking about bringing it back. I'm not going to do that, especially if it's something that he works towards in his special. Um, and the way he did it was great, very funny, uh, hilarious, hilarious shit. He's, so, he's such a good comic. Um, but like at first, I think as a comic, it's really disheartening because you're kind of like – especially because you'll sometimes lose a good joke. You'll lose like – I've seen people like post that they lost their closer because a comic's – like has their closer in in the special and and this is for like comics out there if i can tell you anything um you should not be upset about it you should not you should not be bothered when you see a more experienced uh better comic or just like i don't know just a comic that's been doing it longer and like you shouldn't be upset man and i'll tell you why you shouldn't be upset right uh, uh for several reasons one your career will not be made because of one joke. That's not going to happen. There's not a single person whose entire career is based on one joke. Maybe they have a joke that gets them to a point where it's like, oh, they have a signature bit. But there's no comic that, like, if if your career is going to be made or broken because of one, oh, no, because of one, uh, oh, man, this is really bothering the shit out of me, guys. I'm sorry. Because I'm trying to... There we go. If your career is made or broken with one joke, this ain't for you, dog. This isn't for you. Uh, there's a lot of people that lose a lot of jokes um, it, 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 uh, over the course of time because you see other people doing them, man. I mean, I'll be doing jokes in D.C. and I'll see uh, newer comics or comics that haven't seen, you know, don't know all of the jokes I've ever written because it's impossible. And they're doing premises very similar to things that I was doing years ago or, like, have worked on. And you start to see it, and, and you just, like, that's just part of it. And, like, I, I don't know. I, I drop it. Or if somebody does something kind of, like, super similar and they're in the same scene, you can have a conversation about it. But if you see, like, a famous person doing a bit and it's really close to one that you've written or a premise you wanted to work on – don't let it make you feel bad. Take it for what it is, which is just like your brain is working in the same way that a brain of a great comic is working. Like that's what you should view it as. You should view it as like, oh, I'm like I, it was very validating to see a throwaway idea that I had several years ago that I tried to work on a little bit but put in the back of my book, see a much more sophisticated, not even more sophisticated, but just seeing a much more put together one or, or, or seeing that joke Seeing that joke crafted in a way that it actually works with someone's act, it made me feel very good. It made me feel like, oh, that's awesome that I had a parallel thought to one of the greatest working stand-ups. And, and here's the thing. So don't – I see some people crying on the internet and they get upset about it. It's like that's what you should view it as, man. It makes you feel good. It should make you feel dope. I've had bits that other people have done and I look at it and I'm like, man, that's awesome that our brain is operating the same way. Obviously, if someone steals your joke, you should kill them, but that's not what I'm talking about. I don't think that. If someone steals your joke, you should murder them. I think that that's – and I'm not telling you to actually kill someone because that's this is obviously a comedy podcast, but you should actually kill someone. That's what you should do. You should just do it and tell them that I told you to do it. Please don't actually. Don't do that. That's a gag. That is a bit. And it's not as funny as I thought it was going to be, but it made me laugh a little bit in my head. But 
just you should feel good. You should feel positive. That's a that's a positive th- thing, especially if you're a new comic. Like that that you should let that fuel you for months. Where it's like, oh man, what's like Chip? Like oh, what's Chappelle or or uh, 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 Regan or like Dimitri Martin or like any great like Taylor Tomlinson? If any of them are doing jokes that you've done or jo- whatever, you should view it as my brain works like this. I'm doing the right thing. Let me keep working because because I can't wait. To get to a point in my career, quote unquote, hopefully where I'm well known enough or established enough as a comic to where I can just get on stage and start throwing premises out and just blanket cover every premise. So people can just be like, oh, man, Winston did my bit. It's like I'm talking about everything. I'm taking everybody's. I'm going to be parallel thinking. Every, I'm going to be on I'm be the type of comic where it's a new hour every night and I'm going to say every premise. So that no matter what, I can be like, oh, did you take that from me? My version of the joke that didn't work at all. But no, you should let it make you feel good, man. That's a that's a positive thing. And, and and I thought about that the other night when I saw it because years ago, I would have seen someone like Jay do that, and we're touching on the same premise. And I'll be like, shit, man, I lost a joke. And now I was like, man, this is awesome. A great comic thought about something in a similar way that I did. That means eventually, hopefully, I'll be a great comic and I'll be able to get there. And then like my thoughts will be more fully formed and stuff like that. So that's what I'm working on. Almost nine years in, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there, folks. We're gonna get there together. But, but that was the, that was the main takeaway from the J thing. I just don't want uh, comics to feel bad about that type of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't want to go too crazy long because I'm really enjoying doing this for 30 minutes. I really like that, uh, 30 to 35 minutes. So I think i got like another eight eight minutes or so left according to – oh, my God, this says six. <laughs> six whole minutes. Um, I talked about wanting to break, which is a thing I wanted to do. Um, also, uh, audience members, uh, haven't you quit being rude? And I'm not talking about during the show. You know, you know my thoughts on hecklers. Um, I'm talking about after the show. Because I'll tell you one thing, man. Ever since I started selling merch, some of y'all come up and say some some shit out of the side of your mouth that is, like, unbelievable. I did a, I did a clean show last night, completely clean. I was trying to – I'm trying to tape a thing to submit to Dry Bar, not because I necessarily am dying to be a Dry Bar comic, but just because it's like – I think that's a nice credit. I, I like working clean. I've got a lot of clean material that works. Um and it in and, and I want to be able to just like and you know I want my mom to be able to watch my stand up and she you know that's why I do the podcast pretty clean but like so I so I did this did fifty minutes of clean jokes it was great then I did five minutes of clean crowd work at the end it was a really fun show killer I was in Elkton Virginia the show was uh, I reached out to X Two Comedy run run by Dawn and Chris Womack out of the Harrisonburg Virginia area put on a show together it was it was great they were on it I headlined wonderful time. Everyone was doing great. And then afterwards, I'm selling merch. Now, here's the deal with my merch. I sell T-shirts like this one right here. I, I sell the T-shirts for $30. I sell um, autism awareness bracelets that say we're already freaking aware for $10. And I sell koozies that say good energy for $10. Now, I all of those things, uh, I give a portion of the proceeds to get underprivileged children with autism school supplies, right? So what I do is I sell my merch, and then when I hit a certain amount of of merch sales, I will cut a check to like a school or something like that. So this, so that's so that's what I do. It's a way to give back. I used to teach. I'd like to give back to that community a little bit. Um, it's not an insane amount of money, but just know if you buy merch from me, no matter what the merch is, eventually. As that builds up, a check will get cut, and and a portion of the proceeds is going to go to something positive, right? This is explained during the show. I make a joke about it. And also, when we look at merch things, like, in my opinion, those are reasonable prices. I think $30 for a shirt is a fine price. 
Um, I'm not getting thousands of shirts printed up. It's like I, there's some markup on it. There's shipping. There's all this other stuff. I had to pay for the design. Um, uh, uh, the wristbands, $10. Koozies, $10. All things where it's like with all the stuff that's factored in, if you go to see any live performance and the band or somebody has something, that's pretty in line with what prices are. Um, you know, uh, it might be a little higher in some access, but whatever. Um, this lady comes up after the show last night. She's been laughing all night. I killed for 50 something minutes and she comes up and she asked me how much the wristbands are. I said $10 and she looks me in the eyes and goes, they're not worth that. Now, don't you ever say that to me? How about that? She was like, she was like, that's not their value. And then I had to, uh, immediately correct this woman, which is like, well, I made them and I'm selling them. Um, so I dictate the value. You don't dictate the value. The value is what I set the price as, right? Uh, if it doesn't have value to you in that price range, you don't purchase it, right? Like that's normally how someone buys or sells something. You go somewhere and if it's too expensive, you don't buy it. Or if it's too expensive, maybe you can haggle, but you're not going to go up and be like, that's not worth that. I, that's bad. I don't like, it's like, just don't buy it. It's just so rude that she said that to me. And so I, because I've been working on it in therapy, I set a boundary, folks. I set a boundary. I set a boundary in sales. I was very excited. And, here, and here's what I said. So she says that to me. I go, I go, that's pretty rude. I was like, that's a pretty rude thing to say to somebody. I was like, I think they're $10. Part of it goes to charity. That's what I have to set it at. And it's also like, I don't know, man. It's like, you're not just going to buy anything for me. I have to kill. So it's like I also put in all the time and the work and the effort to get good at comedy and to do well in that situation to make you want to purchase from me. So there's all these factors that go into it, um, but I but basically she says it's not worth it. it doesn't have that value. I said, well, I kind of get to set the value. It's my item. Um, I was like, just you know, like sorry, uh, but yeah, but that's how much they are. That's what I charge. And I said, and you don't. I said, you don't have to purchase anything for me. I already I say that in my act. You don't have to purchase anything for me. You can just say hi. And she goes, no. She's like, she's she goes, no. It's just not worth that. She was like, this piece of plastic, $10? And she keeps reiterating it. And I told her it was rude and that I did not appreciate it, but she didn't have to buy anything for me, and that's okay. And then she goes, uh, and then she didn't answer me, and then she goes, well, I'm just trying to think of what value it has to me, like what value it would be to me. And I go, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, I don't care what value. Like, I, this is all. This isn't normal. This isn't a normal conversation to have with another human being. I'm not. I don't work at Coles. Like, I'm not like just someone that's that just was working for the man to try to get something done. You can complain to me like, oh yeah, that is expensive, right? It's like, no, I made this. I had this design. I I paid for it. I'm trying to make ends meet out here, and I'm not making anyone buy anything, right? So she so she does that, and she says, I said, I don't care. I don't care. I do not care what what you think the value of it is. That does, that's indifferent to me. You don't have to purchase anything from me. You said hi. The stuff's out of your price range. I'm not going to haggle with you. We're in the middle of nowhere, Virginia. I drove how many hours to be here? Um, like where I'm doing a door deal because it was like a last minute show that we put together where it's like, so I make, they, they, they compensated me very fairly, but it's the type of thing of where it's just like, it's not, you know, an astronomical amount of money. I'm not like headlining a club for a weekend making thousands of dollars. It's like I'm making a few hundred bucks. You know what I mean? And like, this is some extra gas money. And this is some stuff that's helping me make my ends meet. And she just goes, yeah, just trying to figure out what it's worth. I said, I don't care. And then she just keeps thinking and she goes, well, I'm going to buy it, even though I don't think it's worth that much money. So then I 
got to do something that I've only seen happen on TikTok and Instagram, which was I got to refuse service to a customer. And folks, when I tell you that that is just pure, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like that feeling in the world where I looked at this woman, and I never do this, but I, I told her, hey, people come up after shows, and a lot of people are really rude. And it's not like she was trying to joke and be funny. Like, I don't know you like this. I'm being very kind and having a conversation after a show. And you're just being, I just worked for an hour. I'm exhausted. And you're just being rude to me. And I just go, ma'am. Uh, she goes, can I, she's like, I'm just going to buy it even though it's not worth it. And I looked her in the eyes and go, actually, this is not for sale for you. Uh, you can't, you can't buy this. Um, and she goes, what? I'm like, yeah. I said, this isn't for sale for you. I said, you've been very rude. Um, I don't appreciate it. Um, I don't, I don't want your money. Uh, I don't want your money. I don't, I don't want it. So, uh, so I said, I hope you have a wonderful night. I was like, this, you've just been very rude to me and I don't appreciate it. I think it's a really rude thing to say. Uh, and, and then she, she tries to one up me. She thinks this will work, right? So she goes, fair enough. She goes, can I just give you a donation without buying an item? And I go, no, you can't. You can't. I don't want your money, lady. And it felt, seriously, I'm not a mean person. I love bending over backwards to help people when I can help them. But if you're being rude to me, tell you what, my therapist, uh, 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 I'm not name redacted and I because I don't want to get him in trouble yeah brother we've been working on this we've been working on setting boundaries and I'm setting boundaries with strangers all over the place so just let this be a warning if you come up to me and you're rude after a show guess what service refused dude I felt like I worked at a McDonald's and a lady came in and was screaming at me and I got to stand on business brother and the business is you can't buy shit from me that's right brother get out of here oh my gosh and to watch her walk away and just be like that's fair and just was the type of thing where it's like I would love to say I didn't take joy in it I never set boundaries it felt so good it felt amazing I hope she comes to another show and we can talk about it then because I don't have any personal issues with this woman but she represented every person that's ever been rude to me after a show because I'm fine with you thinking something's too expensive or you don't want to buy it and here's the thing if she had told me I don't have the money for that or like oh man can we like work out a deal I'll do that. I'm not a, a monster, but to tell me that what I'm selling is not has no value, then try to buy it while telling me it still has no value, and then try to just give me money. I can't. I can't do it, man. The closest other thing I've ever had is, dude. Like years ago, I did a show, and like, and and <laughs> I was at this uh, uh, this uh, club. I think it's like a, it was either tennis or a golf club. I can't remember which one. I don't want to say specifically because I can't remember do the show do really well selling some selling some stuff afterwards not a ton of stuff just like I think at that point I just had wristbands and this guy there's music playing and this dude comes up and tells me he'll pay me a hundred dollars to dance he's like he's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks to dance I was like I'm not I don't want to dance I don't want to dance he's like I'll give you two hundred dollars this dude goes up to five hundred dollars to dance and I don't know what got into me but I was like no you can't make me dance you cannot make me dance for $500, okay? And looking back on it, I should have absolutely started dancing. There is no universe where, like, I can't believe, I don't know what got up my ass that night, but I was like, no, I'm not dancing for you. I don't set boundaries often, man, but I'll tell you one thing. I, I still got my pride. I don't want people to be, I'm very polite and not rude to people on stage and off stage. But, man, refusing service felt good. And she seemed apologetic, and she seemed like she understood. 
and to watch her leave. It was also sick because she's talking to me, and then I think someone who was her friend was there, and they wanted to tell me what a fun time they had at the show. And the moment they saw me tell that woman what she was saying was rude, I watched her friend be like, nope, I've seen this. She was like, I've seen this happen before, and immediately walked. Like, I'm telling you, just immediately turned and ran away because they just knew that their friend was going to just keep digging a hole because this lady had also been heckling all night. Um, and, and it's just like, yeah, I got no, you know what I mean? I might be a little more forgiving. It's just one of those things where, I'm sure everybody has those things, but just, you know, you don't, you don't ever know what the straw is going to be. You don't know what this, when you, when you're the camel and the, you're loaded down with all of life's trash and shit and garbage on your back, you don't know what the straw is going to be. Well, brother, I found out that that night the straw was telling me my merchandise was overpriced. <laughs> That's what it took. That is what because it, it's also like let's let's get into for those of you who don't know when it when it comes to actual merch for a band or anything like that, um, you're not really buying it for the value that it actually has. You are buying it because it is a symbol in a way to support an artist. That's the only thing you're doing. All right, that's that's what it is. When you go to a, a concert and um, you you see a band has a T-shirt for sixty dollars, do you really think that T-shirt's worth sixty dollars? No, no, it is not worth sixty dollars. Okay, but what it is worth is it represents a memory that you had uh, of a, of, a, of a really special night of a band you wanted to see. It is a way for you to directly support an artist um, because a lot of times when you're buying merch from an individual, um, especially bands, if you're in a rock club or something like that, almost all those venues have merch fees where it's like they get 20% up to 40% of what we're selling, right? So it's like, luckily, this was not the case last night. But, you know, you just should know when you go into a situation to buy merch, the reason a lot of stuff is overpriced is uh, very similar to how a movie theater is overpriced and a lot of stuff is the the the, the money is getting taken away and the, and we, the markup that we have, the margins aren't what you think they are, right? So just remember, if you buy a shirt from me, some of that money is going to go to get school supplies for kids. Um, a, a lot of that money is going back into my business to help me make better videos, uh, make better merch. And, and also, it's just like, I don't know, I think my merch is kind of cool. I think the shirt's kind of cool. Um, but the main thing is, is it's like, it's, you know, you're commemorating a show you really like. That's why I don't want you to buy it from me unless you really liked it. All right. And if you really like it, buy it. Be cool. But don't come up to me and be rude because, brother, now that I've found the power of no, I'm going to start saying no all the time, man. I'm going to start saying no all the time. I will say, though, if that lady had been like, I'll give you $500, I would have taken it. I would have taken that as an apology uh, immediately. I'm not dumb. We're not going to have the dancing situation anymore. But, yeah, that was this thing. She was really rude to me. And, it, and, and you know, but I'm not going to say her name or anything like that because it's just like people make mistakes and they mess up. But this is just more... This is less excitement that I refuse service and purely more like I have therapy uh, today, technically, um, and it's going to be really good to be able to talk about because I, I always have problems setting boundaries, especially with strangers, man. I think it's really difficult to set a boundary uh, uh, with a stranger when you're, when you're doing comedy. Um, well, yeah, was there anything else that I wanted to do? Nope, that's it. That's all I'm talking about this week, folks. Oh, my God, the music was already playing. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. I forgot the music was playing. Uh, but just, you know, a reminder, you can catch me coming up February 23rd at Room 808 in Washington, D.C. Two shows I'm headlining. Please come out to that. I'll have my T-shirts there. Uh, February 24th, uh, Fairwinds in Lorton, Virginia. I'm headlining with a great lineup. March 1st, I'm in New York City for Don't Tell Comedy taping. That'll be very amazing and wonderful. Big deal for me. Uh, March 2nd, um, 
Um, I will be uh, at Hotbed Comedy Club in D.C. headlining two shows. I was supposed to do that uh, this weekend, but the Michael Che thing happened, and then I got picked to open, which is very cool. So it's a, it's a really amazing. I'm excited about. And then March 8th through the 10th, I'm in the D.C. Improv in the Lounge. There's five shows. I'm doing 20 minutes on those. And then March 8th and 9th, so two of the same nights, I'm in the main room uh, featuring for Jamie Lee. So I'll have merch and stuff there. I'll be hanging out. Please keep supporting the mission. Keep supporting the dream. I love you. You're great. Um, yeah, that feels about the time that the song should end. Uh, and that's that's it. So thank you for coming out. It's the Dog Name Podcast. Uh, catch you next week. Please like, share, subscribe, and follow. Bye.